Hello and welcome everybody to That's So Funny. I'm your host, Ryan Neal, a.k.a. The Neal Experience. This week with me, I have Splinter Shield, a.k.a. The Hunter. You guys may have seen him around playing mostly the Division. If the name doesn't tip it off, he is a primary Division streamer. He's been with the Division since the alpha beta of alphas, you know what I'm saying? Like, way before the game became a game. And you can find his face in, on <laughs> Lost Posters. You can, uh, you know, find a name of a gun that is alluding to him. He's all about division. And we talk a lot about that game today on the podcast. But we also talk about other things like movies and film, which are the same thing. But we also talk about, you know, a few other things. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Take care, everybody. I know. Well, that's what I said. I was like, when when Cyberpunk <laughs> got delayed, I was like, well, happy birthday to me, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, man, there cyber- were people saying like, ah, they're going to delay it again. They're going to delay it so it comes out with the new consoles. But um, but more recently, they've been like, uh, no, actually, when the uh, new consoles come out, if you already own Cyberpunk, you'll be able to to get the uh, version for the newer consoles like for free or at a big discount oh, wow. or something like that. I would. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I don't. I wish. I, I wish more waiting. more games would do stuff like that. I mean, I get why they don't. Yes. Their bottom their bottom line is to make money but like i do wish that i mean more, yeah sure like sure. division or Divi- destiny like games that people play on multiple platforms it's like if i bought it over here i mean maybe maybe charge me like x amount of dollars more to where it's transferable you know but yeah you know like yeah like if i buy well, like the I'm top saying, let me put it this way edition, like, there's you know? so many people who like i've got so many friends who like don't play division on pc exactly and they're like, hey, are you going to play on another platform? And I'm not a full-time streamer, so like, I'm, I'm always like, nah. But if I was a full-time, even if I was a full-time streamer, I'd probably still be kind of like, eh. I, I've... If, they, if they had cross-play or cross-save or something, great. Yeah. But they, they, you know, like, that would be a great selling point. It's like, hey, you want to play this game uh, on this other platform? Discount, you know, like fifty percent discount. Yeah, you know, like just, uh, you know, show us your your just login something. for you players. You know, something where you can easily prove that you bought it for one platform, and then you get it, you know, half off on the next platform. And you've great. got crossplay. I mean, I mean, that's just no brainer. Well, I owned, I owned Division, or sorry, Destiny One. I owned on Xbox. I never bought it for PS4, I don't think. Maybe I did. I think I did buy it on PS4. And then that was before I started. That was obviously Destiny 1 wasn't on PC. But uh, Division 1 I owned on Xbox, PS4, and PC. Um, Yes. And then uh, Destiny 2 I bought on all three. Because when Destiny 2 came out, I thought I was going to play. I was like, I'm going to full-time this game and, you know, play on all three. And that was before they announced cross save. Well, then they announced cross save, and I was like, "Oh, that's a little better." But that was after I had like quit Destiny Two and kind of gotten yeah. away from it. So it was weird because when I went back, I had this weird choice to make. Like I could P- P- PC was where I had the most progress, but Xbox is where I had the most exclusives. If that makes any mm-hmm. sense, because I played I played yeah. Destiny Two on Xbox a lot, and I had a lot of cool stuff on there that I would lose if I chose PC, but I would lose a lot of hours. I ended up going with PC to save the time, but there was some cool stuff I had that I lost, but uh, Division 2, I've only bought on one uh, thing, because, I mean, 
kind of what you were saying is like I'm not a full time streamer, so yeah, I'd rather just pick one and be like, hey, sorry, we can't, you know, sorry, we we weren't able to play together. Does does Division Two have cross save? No. Yeah, that would be that would be a great thing to add because kind of what you were saying. Yes, it would. I think it would entice people <laughs> to, you know, maybe pick it up on a second console, maybe even a third if they're that you know that they play it that much. Uh, because you know you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't have to regrind all that stuff. You'd be like, oh, I already have all the like, the same Xeer I have is mm-hmm. is already there. Um, but yeah, I wish they would do something like that. That'd be really nice. That would be that would be I think a big a big selling point for the game because especially for looter shooters, I think people do want to play on with their friends, you know, because it's not really that fun yeah. to play by yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, Absolutely. that was one of the things like from the beginning, from the very first time I played it. I was like, oh, this is really cool, you know, doing this thing. And then, like, I uh, linked up with another player. I was like, oh, man, this is, like, so much better. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. And that's the way it should be, you know, like, fun on your own. And then, like, exponentially more fun with with friends. And there there are some times where I just want to play on my own, you know, where I'm just like, you know, if I'm just doing, like, missions or whatever. But, yeah, typically, you know, it gets just having the, the, the added people. And especially if, you know, you like you like to have fun and joke around it's makes everything it turns oh, yeah. it turns lackluster content sometimes and it's like you, you can, oh yeah you can kind of not Suddenly focus on that so part. hilarious yeah exactly um <laughs> so speaking of division two uh everyone that knows splinter knows that his nickname is the hunter did you yes. get that did you get that from division or were you did you previously have that nickname for yourself before the division no no actually uh so okay so the exact sequence of events was uh division was coming out and in 2015 i started working on a division agent cosplay oh okay and so me and, and keelan grace we're we kind of started like this mega thread on the rpf.com about how to how to cosplay how to put together all the stuff for a division agent cosplay and all these different references and pictures and all this stuff. Yeah. And I had contacted, um, who was it back then? Back then it was, uh, Antoine Eamon, uh, was the original like community manager over yeah. there at massive. And, uh, Name wrong I was like, Hey, yeah. And, uh, I was like, Hey, uh, I, I'm working on this cosplay. I think I got everything nailed down. I just, uh, except for the, like the little Isaac brick, is what I call it, the Isaac brick on the shoulder. But I was just wondering, like, hey, can you guys just, like, export a computer model of that and then just put it out there for the community and anybody who wants to cosplay can just download it and 3D print yep. one of these? 3D printers are amazing, like, by the way. We love that idea. That's a great idea. We have no time to do that idea. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, thanks. Thanks, anyway. Great idea, but um, no. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I was just, but I was just kind of like, Hey, you know, I, I get it. Okay, fine. And so I just went off and uh, I just did it myself. Yeah. It was really crappy the first one I did, but I did it myself. And they were kind of impressed with that. And so they're like, oh, that's cool. And um, they actually asked that I make them one and send it to them, which I did, but uh, they haven't really showed that off. And I'm kind of <laughs> glad now because I'd love I'm really... to, but I don't have the time. <laughs> yeah, I should have said that. I'd love to. I just don't have the time. time Sorry. Yeah, but um, uh, let's see. So they, 
they I think they made Keelan Grace a a star player that year. And then that like at the end of 2015, just a few months before the game was gonna launch in 2016, they brought like me and there was like 15 of us that they all brought out to Sweden. And we got to be like the first 15 people in the world to play the game. That's insane. And it was it was totally insane, dude. Um so so we did that and uh and and came back and we couldn't, you know, of course we couldn't say anything for the next few months uh, until like different embargoes were lifted. And uh so that was fun. And then like during 2016, you know, like as the game launched and yeah, it was buggy and stuff, but I was still having fun with it. And I, and they put they took all our everyone who wanted to, they took our pictures and had to sign releases and stuff and they put our faces on missing posters in the game. And so that was just how did such I a not trip. how do I not know this? You, where where is your missing poster at? Dude, it's it's all over the city. Look, just look around for missing posters, and and just look around. You'll you'll be able to see me. That's so insane. I never I never knew that. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so cool. So like even when the game was was uh, when it first launched, if you remember, it was like really buggy and yeah. people were falling through the map and all the terrible things. You could kill a but boss. Even then, a like wall. I was still just kind of like walking around, like oh, there's my picture. <laughs> oh, i mean that that is surreal like your likeness is literally in a video game i mean there's a very yes. small percentage of people in the world that can say that yeah yeah uh no doubt so so that was so cool like having my face in the game the whole experience and so like as i was going through 2016 and playing the game and stuff i was like well what am i you know what am i gonna do next and um you know I, I was like like what can i do to like you know repay like this amazing experience i was given yeah and when the trailer for survival came out and then we saw the hunter for the first time just for a couple seconds at the end yeah i was like oh badass and within a week i was like i'm gonna cosplay that i'm gonna cosplay the crap out of that and it's going to be my freaking love letter to them for giving me this amazing experience. And so that was that be, kind of began my my journey. And it was it was about five months of pretty much every day doing at least something on it. You know, maybe not working like an hour or two on it, but I mean, there were at least every day doing something for about five solid months. And uh then when it came out when you know like it was uh january i think 2017 yeah it was right around premiered the cosplay at um pack south and 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 so that was fun and then people started calling me the hunter and at first i didn't want to i didn't want to call myself the hunter i kind of resisted it just because you didn't feel right, like oh, stealing the name or anything, or I don't. Yeah, something like that. It was like, uh, well, wait, do I really want people to like associate me as as the hunter? <laughs> yeah. And at some point, I was just, I don't know. I was like, well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> just I mean, it's, go with it. They're probably the coolest characters in Division, easily. I think so. <laughs> well, because I think so. They're like these elite. You know, they take down people all the time. Like. 
I mean, they were hard to kill in Division One survival. I mean, yes. Once you figured out their play style, they're still they're still an AI, so you know you could still be yeah. So there's easily, patterns, but you watch for. But so if you yeah, mess you up, kinda... <laughs> mm-hmm. everyone always well, messes dude, up and, and gets stabbed. And here's the thing: like even now, I will never. I, I try not to ever take them for granted because I I still remember, still remember this one stream I was in. Um, where where the guy was playing and his this guy was a, a thorough veteran of survival and would do like speed runs all the time and would just go in with you know and take out hunters with the pistol and stuff and so the hunter's like aiming down at him and trying to hit him but he's like just out of his field of fire and he but he can hit him with his pistol shooting up and then the hunter jumped down he was like in a stairwell the hunter yep. jumped down on him. He's like, whoa, I've never seen that. Uh, the hunter just brutally kills him immediately. Of Dude, I've, had, I've had hunters like teleport. Oh, I've had hunters like teleport around corners. Like, I think what it was Ooh. like, so, you know, the. Uh, well, that's not supposed to happen, but. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't like. But a, yeah, don't ever take him for granted. <laughs> yeah, it's not supposed to happen. No, no, no. Yeah. But I think this was like a bug. Like I had. uh they had like rushed me and I like jumped over something and it was, it was like mm. a box and I got around to the, to the left side of the box. So I'm like left peeking it and they're not around. And then like, you see, I see him right as he like breaks my field of view. He's just automatically in front of me. And like, it was almost like, it was almost <laughs> like, you know, like it, it uh, had triggered the, the rush animation to come and stab okay. me, but it just like, I guess cause he was against a wall or a barrier it like delayed what I was seeing, and yeah, yeah, that's that was one of it, it was a great one. I f- kind of first got into survival and was like really confident about killing hunters, and I was like, well, and I, I just died. I just died. <laughs> like that's that's always when it bites you in the ass. Yeah, yeah always. <laughs> you get really confident, and you're like, oh, all right, and then like slam. For anyone who doesn't know what division is or what hunters are, just imagine a really elite, high level. AI who's who's really strong and takes a lot to kill. Like it's like fighting mm-hmm. like uh I don't know. A reference would be like uh I'm trying to think like in Halo like one of the red elites or something like that the just the or like a like one of the well hunters. Yeah, like there was there was hunters in Halo actually. The big shielded guys. Those guys were those guys that, were pretty well, yeah. easy to kill if you and knew they were low level. Them. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the big, the big blue ones with the big shields. Oh, the big one. Oh, the yeah, big the, heavy ones. The big, yeah. big ones. Yeah, those things. The first time I, I remember, the first time seeing one of those, like, I like <laughs> shit like, myself. Oh, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, I don't want to be here because like they're basically <laughs> immune hurt. except for like their their spine and I think there's a spot I can't remember their neck. Yeah, their neck. That's right. Their spine and their neck, and that's the only two places that are weak. But you, I think you like two tap them with the Halo One pistol. If you shoot them, oh yeah, it was so strong. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man. But yeah, I was curious. You know what's funny is my, my timeline is of division is so weird that I didn't know hunters were introduced with survival. Even though I played a ton of survival, I didn't know they were introduced with that expansion because, mm-hmm. like you said, when the game kind of when you came into it, yeah. So like the game launched and I I played it and I got like really bored, and it was like super buggy. So I was like, I, I'll just come back to this. You know. Because, you know, I think all games have the yeah. ability to do that. So I was like, I'll come back. Didn't play for like a year. If it's, the good, if it's a good game. It, it's true, yeah. And then my friend actually who plays, he, he, had, he had played a ton of BRs at the time. Because I don't think there were that many BRs. Like, uh, I think PUBG, 
I don't even think Fortnite was out yet, or if it was, it was just Save the World, or it was just beginning as a BR. Uh, yeah. It was definitely PUBG and H1Z1 were out. And this guy goes, hey, man, uh, I know we haven't played, like, many BRs, but, like, I think you'll really like this. I've been having a lot of fun with it. Told me about survival. I was like, I'll check it out. I remember playing my first game mm-hmm. with him. Like, yep, I'm going to get addicted to this real fast. Oh, Just yes. though, I mean, for again, for people who don't know what division is or survival is, survival is basically like a BR of sorts. It's not, it was, it was developed before BRs became a thing. Yeah. So it, it kind of has a, a bunch of BR elements in it, but it's not like a BR BR. It's like, it's like more, it's more of a, it's like a small scale BR. It's you know there. The thing is that it's not you, it's not as fast paced. You know it's you you, you can make yeah. it fast paced, but I will say how it how it works is you start on like the far edges of the map, and your your objective is to get to the center of the map. You're supposed to get the antivirals, but you don't have to, which I was mm-hmm. thought, which I always found weird. I'm like your whole objective is to not yeah. die. You know it's like you you've been infected, so you have to you have to get the antivirals and leave, but you don't have to get them to succeed. I was like. That's kind of weird, but that's that's a small minor point. But you're supposed to get to the center of the map yeah. and then call an extraction. You have to fight one of these hunters we were talking about before the the plane can or the helicopter can land. Then you get on the helicopter and leave. Uh, you mm-hmm. can you can make the game. You can extend your time in there up to about. I think I think my longest run. Yeah, like my longest run is like two fifteen, and that was really pushing it. Um, yeah. but. It's really what's really crazy is it's always it always starts at night and there's this raging blizzard going on. Yeah. So so one of the first things you have to do you always start with a pistol which is nice, but one of the first mm-hmm. things you want to do is find some weapon parts or a gun box, get a an AR of sorts or a shotgun maybe if you're that if you're that kind of player. I like ARs. And then you have to find yes. warmth gear like you have to find like scarves and like jackets and stuff so you don't freeze to death. You don't again you don't need mm-hmm. these things if you're an experienced player like you know where you can get warm at, but you it's helpful but it helps <laughs> yeah it's very yeah. helpful um and then once you and then you have to build a a gas mask to go into the the middle of the the circle basically or the the map into the dark zone yep then you once you're inside the dark zone you get a flare gun you or you build a flare gun sorry uh and then you go to one of the three extraction points and you call an extraction and you you kill the hunter and you leave um yeah there are what i think 12 or i can't remember is it 12 or 16 um elite elite named elites in the Dark Zone. I'm pretty sure it's a multiple oh, of four. Uh, uh, well, I think the it's number, when you sit, when you ask, actually, the number that pops in my head is 18. But I, it's I gotta say, it's been a while. It's definitely so not. I 18. could be wrong. If, I don't it's think at it's, least 12. It's at least 12. I think it's. I can't remember. It has been a while for me since I've done a full clear. Actually, I think it's an odd number now that I think of it. I think there's like. I don't. I, we could go through and count, but that's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, <laughs> doing doing like full runs of that was like, I re- I remember yeah. like the first time I did like a a solo clear of the DZ. That was like I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing! Like being able to go through and feel like you you could do all that you know alone and yes, it was just great. I also remember uh, playing uh, <laughs> so when survival first launched. They didn't separate people based upon their party size. <laughs> yeah. And I've told this story. I don't know if I told it on the podcast, but I've definitely talked about it on stream a couple times. I used to mm. get angry because I thought people were teaming because I would queue solo. And, oh. And I would, I would come across teams <laughs> of like two or three, maybe sometimes even four. And I'd be like, dude, these guys are cheating. 
And I, I, I was, I was the type of person that I couldn't take it. I would message them. I'd be like, you got me, but good job cheating. And then most people wouldn't respond this. And then finally, thank God one person responded and goes, dude, we're not cheating. We group, we, we came in together. Like, yeah. I'm like, and I was like, Oh, you're like, Oh, you can do that. I was like, I have egg on my face. <laughs> got it. And then it like, then I found out, Oh yeah, these people are just queuing in together and I'm fighting them solo. And I mean, most of the time it w- it was really fun because taking on a team of two or even three was heart pumping. I mean, it's it's hard to kill them. Yes. But the, the, mm-hmm. the, but what's one thing I liked about survival is there was a balance to that because there is a finite amount of materials. So, yep. You as a solo player can hoard all of it and get better gear and better you know and gear up quicker. So when you come across a team of two or three, that you you probably have found the roughly the same amount of loot. But there, they there's a split across their number of players, whereas yes. yours is all focused. So you can, if you get lucky on your rolls and stuff on the gear you crafted, guns you crafted, you could sometimes easily win these fights because, you know, you're just dealing way more damage and taking way less damage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it's, Division is, especially survival. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm curious if like people, I what I'm what I'm trying to say is I'm surprised I guess that with all the not outrage but pleas for for survival to be in Division Two that they're not like somewhat going. Oh, I'm, we should develop I'm, this. Yeah, I'm still confident that they're gonna do some kind of survival two point yeah. for Division Two. I would be surprised if it didn't because. It it was it was so popular. I mean, at least I feel like it was. I mean, there is that, you know, whole uh Yeah, I like, do I do wish I could kind of see the numbers. Yeah. Like how how it was when it first launched and then the longevity. I mean, there's it's it's had some longevity. I mean, we still have people come in for you know, we still do we call them survival revival Saturday now because yep. we just do them once a month. But um we me and BB504 kind of started this Survival Saturdays movement where we were like, you know, hey, you know, if you like survival, it's more fun when you have more people on a server. So, like, let's all just start, you know, a, you know, whatever platform you're on, wherever in the world you are, like, let's all queue up at the same time. Yep. And uh, and then you just, you know, as you finish or as you die, like every 30 minutes, there's a requeue. And we just keep going for until, hours until yeah. we're done. Exactly. I and I think I don't know if it was you or some someone posted something uh, in the division community recently uh, that they were surprised that someone hasn't just developed a standalone game, or you know maybe that if you they were or, mm-hmm. or maybe the post was more geared like if Ubisoft does this. Do you say Ubisoft or Ubisoft? I usually say Ubisoft. Yeah, I was saying Ubisoft, and I heard a couple people say Ubisoft, and I'm like, I don't know which one it is, man. Uh, but yeah, well, anyways, <laughs> well, go ahead. It's what based on the word ubiquitous. Oh, okay, so there we go. If I remember right. So anyways, so, Ubisoft anyway. like wouldn't develop a standalone, because people would definitely buy it. I mean... Yeah, standalone the, survival? Oh, yeah. I would mm-hmm. I would play that <laughs> 24-7. Yes. Especially, yes. especially if it was changeable like i would like to see some variables in the new game like oh yeah 
you know, I do like, like set um, loot, but like maybe going, you know, something like, uh, you could you could notch up storm damage, or you could tone down like num number of ooh. like things that spawn on the map. I don't know if you if that's like really that co easily codable, but you know where it's like, yeah, kind of like for like for like a quicker game, it's like okay, uh, you know, there's no crafting this game, or you know, you you have to just go find everything, and there's, I don't know, yeah, like you can kind of set challenges yeah for the for the match and people join and and customs have to... would be a would be a definite definite need which one like custom like custom matches like where you could go oh, right, yes. i'm hosting a you know 24 24 person game um that way yes. tournaments were a lot easier <laughs> yeah yeah i actually went let's see what did i i don't know i had people asking me like well if what like what would be your dream scenario for like survival 2.0 and i came up with this whole list i'd want yeah i'd want there to be uh private servers so you can have you know custom games or tournaments or mm -hmm. whatever uh super easy cuz um cuz we did uh me and afshub did like eight tournaments yeah i've only played in one yeah, of them I think it was... but... yeah and you played in one of them I got and my... those were a lot, like those were super fun, but you know that uh, you know very well that we kind of had these tips and tricks for kind of like making sure everybody got on the on the right server yep. together, and uh, you know because we we didn't have a lot of control over that, so we kind of had to resort to these little hacks we had figured out. Yep, I mean that's that's one thing I've always admired about like communities is like they will figure out a way to do what they want to do, you know. Yes, it, it's it's pretty great. Uh, we talked a little earlier about uh, you. I think it was right before that we started recording, but we talked about you. You said that you had solved the final hunter mask, and oh yeah, that is something that actually has really intrigued me. I, I wish I had been playing Division Two more at the time when the first hunter mask came out because I love puzzles. I yes. actually I actually remember sitting in your stream uh, for about an hour or two one day you were trying to solve one and I, I i don't know what area of yes. the map it's in but it was it was the one where there's like it was like this little garden area and there was like a crashed truck and then yep. i was like I, I i was like so ready to solve this puzzle because i'm like i love because <laughs> like i don't know are you like fans of like the national treasure movies or like da vinci code Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's so it's like kind of got like that type of feel to it, where it's like you get a minimal clue, and you gotta kind of mm -hmm. like follow it up, and then just kind of figure it out. And it's absolutely, and it's it's so intriguing because it wasn't like they were like, oh well, you guys didn't solve it, so we're gonna give you another clue. No, it was like, nope, this is what you get. Now go, like, just do stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it, it made You're the community. Yeah, well, it made the community. I think. It, <laughs> it drives the community together because it's like, Hey, I found this out. You know, what did you find out? And then it's like, Oh wait, that means this. And it's just, it adds up. Oh yeah. Where you finally yeah, get the, you yeah. get the final Everyone's solution. Well, like we have a, there's that an actual division two secrets mm -hmm. discord. Yep. Where we all get together and share information and hunt this stuff down. And that, okay. So with division one, um, actually <clears throat> we, um, uh, when because they had uh they had the closed beta and they had an open beta uh, well they had the technical alpha and then a closed beta and then an open beta and then the launch yeah and 
Um, so before the game even launched, we had already found um, a couple of these graffitis where they had this weird ciphertext on them. And there was a guy in the community who just went through and figured that out even before the game launched. <laughs> I love and it, had, man. Uh, had deciphered these, you know, some of the riddles already. So when the game launched, we already kind of had a couple of these riddles and and almost day one, we could figure out at least one of the hunter encounters. And I remember it was either day one or day two uh, triggering one of the hunter encounters, but I was like level maybe <laughs> 14 or 16 and the hunters were like at level 34. Yeah, they they were high. I know that. And so. So I got like a couple buddies and we tried our best for like an hour and a half to take this. Oh my gosh. And we, you know, like just kept he just kept killing us like so hard and we'd respawn and and you know, like one of us would stay there and just kind of hunker down so the others could respawn and fast travel back to him. And uh so the hunter wouldn't despawn and it just <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay, I bet he only has like four heals <laughs> because in Division One that was their yep, limit. They, they only were. had like three. Well, originally they had five meta packs or you know med kits, yeah. you know five of those instant heals. Um, and I just know this because, uh, let's see. Oh no, they actually one of the uh, Division podcasts they talked about this. Originally they had five, and they're like, no, that's too many we have yeah, to nerf them forever. and so they they cut it down to three and so i was like i think he's only got three and so we whittled him down you know like three times i was like okay i think he's out of uh out of uh armor packs now and uh and so we whittled him down whittled him down no no we're like we can't touch this guy he's got <laughs> you know I, I don't know how many they've got but it was more than three and uh, we just were like, uh, you know, after an hour and a half, we were kind of done. It might have been infinite based on it might have just been time. That way you couldn't whittle them down like that. Yeah. Maybe that yeah. was intended. That's one thing I like <laughs> yeah. about MMOs that I wish looter shooters had is where like in MMOs, there's world bosses and kind of yes. like and you get to spawn them kind of like the hunters. It's not really a puzzle. Typically, typically, it's like you find an item and then you go spawn mm -hmm. it or it's a time. It's a time base. And what happens is, is, you know, people will call them out and, you know, once everyone gets leveled up all the way, people, you have to like wait and then you gather and then you just destroy them. But early on, mm -hmm. you know, when people are first leveling up, it's kind of like, it's kind of hard to kill them. You know, it takes like probably like 20 minutes to down the first one that gets down on the server or whatever. Um, yeah. I wish division two or, you know, had something like that where it's like kind of like world bosses where. I guess I guess the only shared zones are the DZ because the LZ is only shared yeah. with your party. But I wish the LZ was shared with more people, or there were, you know, like world like world boss or you zones. Your parties, yeah. Four. yeah, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Like I, I imagine like four parties of four, you know, like sixteen Ooh. people, or maybe just maybe even three parties of four. I don't know. Like twelve, twelve to sixteen would be ideal, and then like have yeah. world bosses where it's like, I, but see, that's the thing. I don't know how you would do that in division. Because you can't have this huge, huge monster because it's a it's a game based kind of you know in realism, right? You can't have like fantasy monsters where it's like oh yeah there's a three hundred foot dragon, <laughs> but 
uh, you know, yeah. you, could, you could have like a, I guess like a, a tank. You know, you could have a tank that it was really heavily armored, or uh, sure. You know, maybe like well, I mean, like in the raid, you have the Razorback. Yeah, which is, you know, it's a big machine, but it's you know it's sort of like this dragon that y'all are. It is, yeah. And that would be kind of cool. But I guess I mean, yeah. I guess that's just, that's just one thing. It's just an idea. It's not really like something the game needs, but. When when you when you mentioned the hunter, I thought, and you know, you were all like low level. I I thought like, what if you could call for help and like people could join in, and you know, Ooh. you know, like <laughs> like you're there's like six six parties of like level fourteen people Come trying to take him, this guy down. Put him with everything you got, <laughs> and he's just running around one shotting people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. That would be great. But you. But, um, go ahead. But, but but just to finish the story, um, uh. You know, so like we, there were all these riddle, like there were all these graffitis, and then there would be the ciphertext cipher, and there were eight of them all around the map. And then there was this case in the White House. Mm-hmm. It's at zero slash eight ivory keys. And once we figured out that there were eight of these riddles around the map, we started going like, well, wait, maybe these are related to that. And then once we were able to start taking out hunters. And we saw that they dropped uh, a mask and an ivory key. Then we're like, okay, okay. You know, like now we know the hunt is on. Right. And um, when the game first launched, it was actually, you you could cheese the keys um, where you could, you could pretty much, uh, you know, do a hunter, spawn a hunter, and then get a buddy who hadn't spawned the hunter yet. And a key would drop for both of you. So you could just get like eight different or seven different people and do the same hunter encounter and get all eight keys and go and open the case and that's not what they wanted they wanted you to have to you know do all of the hunter encounters so they fixed that but um but they told me because the case had been open they told me early on they're like okay guys uh, okay you know splinter shield we uh want to make sure you know about this because this is kind of special for you and they he and uh thailander showed me this picture and it showed like the the contents of the case, and it was this this F two thousand with a white uh, you know, weapon skin, and then there was like the little uh, hunter axe head backpack trinket, you know, that you could put on. I was like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, I don't think you've looked closely enough. You need to look again. And I was like, what? And then I like read that it was this named weapon. It was called the Shield Splinterer, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that tweet because you tweeted it out. I was like, that is actually really well, sick. Well, I tweeted out, but I did not tweet it out until after I had gotten it. Yes, that's what I, I that's the tweet I, didn't I saw. not spoil it for anybody. I thought that was um, really cool. So I kind of knew what was in it uh, a couple weeks before. Well, I mean, people who wanted to know could find out. Yeah. But, but I wasn't, I wasn't broadcasting it. But uh, I really, you know, so I had this extra incentive. Like, okay, it is my mission in life to to solve these riddles and get this case open. And then, uh, so we were all uh, working together on that Discord server, and and we were like, there was one of the riddles where we're like, it feels like we've solved this, but it's it, like we need to ask them and make sure that this is working and it's not bugged. Yeah, and so we asked him, and he's like, "Yeah, that's fine." And then, and then like later that week, he's like, "Oh, uh, uh, uh guy, actually, sorry, we uh, double checked it, and it's not fine." 
<laughs> Sorry. But it will be fixed on... in a week. And, and we were kind of like, thank you. We love you. And we freaking hate you. Right. <laughs> For the last you know, four or five days, we had been like just banging our heads on this wall. Just going like, well, he said it's not bug. He said it's okay. There's, there's got to be something we're not doing. But no, no, we, we had solved it. But uh, the one that you're talking about was the last one we solved. And it, uh, I still remember like the riddle was something like, it said something about agrarian trucks. Yes. Points the way. Uh, pump the brakes for the lights. And if, it, like, if you miss a shot, then, or, you know, break the glass. And if you miss a shot, then the lights go out or something. And, um, there there's a department of agrarian trucks means like agriculture trucks or mm -hmm. farm trucks or whatever and there's a department of agriculture building on the map and um and i didn't catch it at first but somebody somebody finally caught like well hey wait at the department of agriculture there's like the you know all this like uh, you know that yellow wrap, the 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 yeah. stuff they wrap around the buildings to make sure nothing uh, infectious is getting inside. And there was a place where like the wrap had been kind of torn away, strategically revealing some windows, some plates of glass. And and so we yeah, so then we the race was on to kind of figure out like well okay what's the what's the pattern you know and we figured out like oh well if you if you do this, then, uh, you know, then the lights, uh, the brake lights on the truck will turn on. And if you do the wrong thing, then the brake lights turn off. And so we just were kind of able to trial and error it and figure out, oh, okay, that's what you do. And like, that was, uh, that was such a great day. See, I would love, I would love to actually design <laughs> things like that, man. Cause I, I worked at it. Oh yeah. I worked at an escape room for three and a half years. Oh, and you did. Yeah. And I, help design like a couple of rooms there and oh dude have you have you ever done an escape room yes yeah so funny story let's travel back to 2016 i believe mm -hmm. yeah because i would have no i called up maybe it was 2015 because i worked there for three and a half years i left last year so yeah i started there in 20 i actually started at this place in 2016 so yeah fat, let's let's go all the way back to 2015 um i was in atlanta I was there for a uh, card tournament, and okay. none of me, me and my two friends that were playing in the tournament didn't make the second day of the tournament. Like, we didn't do well enough. So we had, like, a day to kill. Oh. And okay. in Atlanta, there's a couple things to see. There's, like, an aquarium. There's the Coke factory. And then these two guys had recently gone to, a, gone, uh, to Milwaukee for the pro tour of that card game we play, and they did an escape room while they were there. And they were like, okay. it's awesome. They're like, you should do it. And I was like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like my thing. I don't think I'm going to like it. And they're like, yeah. no, dude. They're like, I, they're, my friend was like, I'll pay for you. Like, just go, please. So we go. And <laughs> I've told the story a couple of times, but like, you get, like, I, you've been to an escape room, so you know. But for those of you who don't know, escape rooms are one. <laughs> so I'll, People, they're not panic rooms, okay? They're not, they're not like, I've had people ask me if they were panic rooms, you know, where the, those are the rooms in your house that in case someone breaks in, you get to go hide in it. And that's not what escape rooms are. They're basically mm -hmm. just 
a room, you know, the door is quote unquote locked. You can't legally lock people in most places because of fire code, but basically you can't get out unless you solve all the puzzles correctly. And you get an hour typically, and they're just really fun. It's it's a great way to stress your brain muscle, you know, like to kind of work through puzzles. So if you like puzzles, you'll love escape rooms. Um, my first escape room, the theme was like a hotel, and we all you, and you always have to sign a waiver because you can't like you can't say the room hurt you or something like that because uh, mm, typically yeah. escape rooms aren't dangerous. Like you have to be kind of stupid to hurt yourself. But um, we all signed the waiver, and he's like, "Is everyone ready?" And we're like, "Yeah." He's like, okay, uh, I'll go. He's like, here, here are your bags. And like, he hands us like this fake luggage. Oops. And then this guy down the hall pops out and he's in a full bell, bellboy uniform. And he's like, hello, guests. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> uh, I looked at my friends. I'm like, what is going on? They're like, we don't know. This didn't happen. The other one. <laughs> And I'm like, oh god! So this, like, oh no! This guy's in character the whole time of like this weird, like kind of like Bates Motel, you know, bellboy. Like, and oh. he he like walks us into our rooms. And what happens is we were a group of let's see, one, two, three, four, five, uh, eight people. We had eight people. It was nice. It was like me, my three friends, one of the my friend's girlfriend, and these two randos that joined us. And we get separated into three different rooms. Which a lot of escape rooms, you don't start off split up like that. So right off the bat, this was crazy. And, and the, only way, the only way we could talk to one another was, was like these old phones on the wall. And Ooh. so it was really crazy because room one could talk to room two. And room two could talk to room three. But one and three couldn't talk to one another. And we would do things in the rooms that would affect that other room. So what happened Ooh, is we would have to be doing like that. Good one. Yeah, dude, it's one of the best. It's actually, I think, top ten in the U.S. One of the, it's one of the places. Oh wow! It's in Atlanta. It's called, uh, I want to say, Mission Escape. I believe is what it's called. Okay. I think I've heard of it. Mission Escape. I'm gonna Google it real quick just to see if that's what it is. Yeah, Mission Escape. If you guys nice. want, if you're ever in Atlanta, go to Mission Escape. Trust me. If I think the hotel room is still there. Uh, even after because they get so many tourists that it doesn't matter like um, but anyways they do. yeah so go there do do one of the rooms I'm sure it's going to be top quality yeah they still have the hotel I just looked it up <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that tells you how good this room is because it's still there after four years right, well almost four years because this was like yeah. November 2016 or no 2015 so it has it has been four years um so anyways, we get split up into three rooms. We, we, we don't escape. We, we end up failing, but that is one of the most memorable experiences in my life. So uh, fast forward like three months, I hear that there's an escape room opening up. Well, a second escape room actually opening up in my city, and I'm like, I'm going to apply to work there. I, I actually applied for the manager position. I didn't get that, but they hired me on as a game host. Which is, you know, you're the one that greets the customers and explains to them the rules and then assists them in the room and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they had two rooms already designed, like pre-built before we got there. And those rooms were were pretty good. Um but then we built we built one, two, three, four more before I left. And all of the like I got to have my hand my hand in most of those. One of those I didn't help because I was out sick for the portion that they were building it, but I helped build a lot of those and there is something very rewarding about making puzzles that are that people get 
a, it's, mm. it's like you, you get to vicariously live through them because you're watching them solve your puzzle and they get mm -hmm. that same excitement you get from doing escape rooms and <laughs> but yeah so long story short if you guys haven't done escape rooms definitely go find one and do it i'm sure there's one if there's not one in your the, the city slash town you live in there's going to be one about an hour away i haven't met anyone where i'm like what where do you live and we googled it and there hasn't been one within an hour and it's definitely worth an hour drive like they're just how many have you done i've done there's one really i might have only just done one i think i've only done one you need to do more man they're they're i know i've done I like i think i've done like 40 now and it's oh wow yeah <laughs> wait i would do more if uh if I had more money, they're not, they're not cheap. I'll say that if you go to good ones, you're going to look to pay oh, yeah. 25 to 30 yeah, a person. You, you know, you can see where the money's going Well, like you, when, when they get a quality one. I mean, a movie ticket is basically like $13. I wouldn't mind paying double yeah. that for a unique experience that you're not going to find, you know, in most places. Now I will say mm -hmm. there are a lot of basic escape rooms. Like, yeah. You can tell they were started and they didn't put a lot of money into it. So it's, they're also just not great puzzle designers. So like I've got, I've done, I've done 40. I would say, I would say I would probably recommend half of them. The other half would be like, mm, if this is your first one, you'll probably like it. Otherwise pass. Pass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done some actual <laughs> like dog shit ones. I wouldn't recommend to anyone. Um, yeah. one of them being in my hometown that I did in a room there and I'm like did you guys even try or <laughs> I mean I can't I mean it was super minimal and if I'm just like yeah. you guys I feel like this was just a yeah I feel like it's almost like this was a scam <laughs> you know I'm like okay but yeah escape rooms are great and Dude. that's what that's what the whole thing reminded me of so yeah 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 no I can imagine I can imagine like if you've designed it and just kind of watching people you're like, oh, okay. Like, are they gonna figure this out now? Are they gonna see it yet? Oh, okay. No, they haven't caught it yet. And just, <laughs> just gotta watch them puzzle through it. When actually, when I was a kid growing up, um, like, gosh, let's see, preteen, going into my, like my early teenage years. So the I 1970s. Had a couple, uh, no, 80s. <laughs> no, just mess up. I'm an 80s kid. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I knew you were a little cousins. bit older than me, but I didn't know. Doug I, and I, Jeff. <laughs> Doug and Jeff. Uh, a little bit. Uh, I had a couple of cousins, Doug and Jeff, who were, they were the, <laughs> I thought they were just the coolest, funniest guys ever. And they were into like D&D &D and stuff. And so like we would, uh, our families would get together. So we'd go over and they'd be like, hey guys, you know, like to, to all of us younger, younger cousins, you know, like, mm -hmm. and you know, and they'd include their brother and sister too. Hey guys, you want to play D D? Godfather. <laughs> That's what they, they called it, Godfather. Oh, okay. And uh, we're like, "Ooh, what's Godfather?" And basically, they had us like, they're like, "Okay, you know, like get get your weapons and get your armor." And we'd like be like tying blankets around our necks, and we'd be like grabbing like foam swords or you know, like just ran you know, like Nerf guns or whatever armaments were to be found you know around the house. And then they had like masks and and gloves and things, you know, like scary masks and, and scary gloves and stuff from like Halloween. And and, and so we they'd get us in like 
one of the kids' rooms at one end of the hall, and then they'd be at the other end of the hall. And they're like, okay, you need to get the, you know, they'd have like a magic eight ball or, you know, some quasi, you know, special thing, you know, in their room. Like you have to get to the room at the end of the hall and retrieve, you know, the magic eight ball or whatever and bring it back. And, uh, uh, and so there was Godfather, and there was his his assistant or his, his henchman was Dead Man, and so uh, you know Dead Man would give us the instructions. So then, like we we'd come out, they'd be like uh, they'd bang on the door and be like, "Okay, we're ready." And so we'd like open the door, and we'd be like going out into the hall, down down the hall to to get the magic eight ball or whatever. And then they'd like total jump scare out at us from <laughs> one of the rooms. <laughs> we're like, "Oh no!" we're like whacking at him with our foam swords or whatever we you know shooting at him with our guns and stuff and then be like oh no you know one of them go down and then we keep going and the other one jump out and we're like okay so and so you know is down like you got to take him back to back to your room and and heal him or something and so then we'd have to start over and try yeah it's just because they did so much imaginations man yeah we just used our imaginations and had so much fun with it and like yeah the 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 playing video games nowadays and 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 escape rooms and stuff like that uh is, is somewhat is kind of trying to recapture some of that stuff from my youth i guess yeah definitely well i think that's something it's i forget what movie it is inside out is a little bit about it it's a pixar movie but there's also another movie i forget yeah. what it was but it 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 explores this idea that like when we grow up we like lose this fun childish sense you know or imagination that we have where it's just like yeah. I'm an adult now I have to work and make money and pay bills and it's just like that is so sad I mean like obviously you have yeah. to do those things because you have to be part of the world but it's like but there, don't lose that. don't lose all of that there's a little bit you can hold on to and like you know obviously you can grow up and not be a child, but you can still hold on to the imagination and, and this, that, that whole, like, that's, that's one thing I love about like video games. It's like immersing yourself, especially in fantasy yes. games. Like you're able to immerse yourself in and just explore this world as, you know, as yourself, but also like not as yourself. Like you're, you're, you don't worry about the rest of the world. Like it's just you and this, yeah. this, you're like, hey, what if the world, the rules were totally different? Exactly, and I'm, and, and I'm, I'm me, but I'm in this other world. Yes, I love, I love that. What is life like? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's funny enough. My my cousin, uh, I have two two. I have two guy cousins and two girl cousins, like first cousins, and um, mm-hmm. my one of my guy cousins actually got me into both uh, Magic the Gathering, which is the card game I was talking about earlier, and yeah. into D and D. I remember he. <laughs> I never played D and D with him. Um, but I remember him talking about it and this was, so I was born in 89 and I remember this was like in the mid nineties. He's, I think five years older than me. So he would have been like 10 or 11 and he was talking about it. And then I remember my mom, like my mom didn't know anything about like D and D or just you know in general <laughs> anything nerdy. My mom, my neither one of my parents. My dad's more of a nerd than my mom. My dad's like always been into sci fi and like you know fantasy okay. stuff. So like you like you like he loves you know Lord of the Rings and like really old yeah. sci fi movies which I hate because they're like black and white. And I'm like this looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm like, why? The day the Earth stood still. Oh my, like that one's okay. That one's actually like kind of that okay because okay, it's a classic. Yeah. But like I'm talking like all but the some really of those old, old like, like Twilight Zone movies. Oh, where dude, like, oh yeah. Well, it's just like the really he's been really into the old, old, old Godzilla movies recently, and I'm like, oh, dude, these look rancid. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like, this looks like an action figure. Yeah. Like they zoomed in on. <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, anyways, they, they weren't in that. My mom, I remember my mom, like, this is one story that I guess, I don't know, may, may have made like headline news back in the day, but like, and it's kind of, it's a sad story, but it, I, I laugh about it because my mom's like, my mom thought it was, that's how everyone was. It was a story about this, this kid, I guess, who was like extremely depressed. Well, his D and D character died and then he ended up committing oh. suicide be- because oh. like in the same fashion sad story right but what's funny is my mom thought that's how all D&D players were oh, and, no. and I'm like nope it's not it's kind of like that whole like Harry Potter's the devil um, dude it, yes because uh, that's the house I grew up in very strict really? very, very religious thankfully my mom wasn't that closed minded I had a mom who was into like dance and theater oh, that's and, cool. and stuff. Uh, and she kind of got me into that. And uh, so she wasn't that close minded, but yeah, my parents were pretty was, open. So luckily my, I never, my had mom had gone to finishing school. If that gives you some idea. Yeah. So like, I just, I heard a lot about what was, what was not appropriate and what was appropriate <laughs> when I was growing up. Very proper. And, uh, oh Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. Yeah, luckily my parents are pretty open minded. Like, if I explain something to them and give them perspective on it, they're typically you know they're not like they're <laughs> they're not you know crazy <laughs> about it. Like my parents let me read you know Harry Potter when I was you know nine, ten years old. They let nice. me read Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. I mean, dude, I was watching Chucky when I was three, and my mom was worried that I was going to go get a knife and kill her. I'm like, <laughs> mom, what? <laughs> I'm like you were more scared of this. I was like I I couldn't understand what was going on on the screen. Um, I do remember watching. Yeah. Have you ever seen this movie, Silver Bullet? It's a werewolf movie. Yes. Oh <laughs> gosh. It's so bad. But I I remember there's this one scene right where I I used to get terrified as a child. And what it is is just oh, a yeah. scene where they're all like gathered on this gazebo, and there's just this wheelchair where I think this disabled kid had. I think he gotten killed by a werewolf. I think. Uh, well, the main—I thought the main character was the kid in the wheelchair. Maybe he is, and I thought he—does he die? I can't remember. Spoilers no. for this 1984 movie. But I think he—I think he, he goes. He's the main character, so he doesn't die. I think he goes missing or something. Because I remember they're they're gathered around, and I was like, I just remember it being so sad, and like I was always scared that like of that scene. But I remember rewatching mm-hmm. it as like an adult, you know, maybe like 20ish. <laughs> <laughs> you can see yeah. the mask on the werewolf like kind of falling off like around the eyes uh-huh. it's like it's not fully connected and i'm like what is happening <laughs> i was like yeah. i was scared of this and my mom is like this is one of the scariest movies of all time i'm like look you can see his mask i don't think i'm not i'm no longer immersed i'm no longer scared this is a after school production and it's hilarious but yeah. yeah i i was yeah i was scared of everything when i was a kid and i actually might like my friend had a birthday party and they're like, we're going to watch a scary movie. <laughs> oh crap. What'd you guys watch? Oh, I'll, I'll be there. And so we watched, um, aliens. That's, oh, man, that's Bullet. a rough one. That's a rough. Okay. Aliens. Yeah. Not going to lie. That one holds up like, uh, yes. For, yes for, 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 
for what it is, it holds up. I mean, I had someone the other day tell me that they thought Alien was terrible, and I was like, I get it. Like, you're one, this person's young, and two, okay, if they this is their first time watching it, you know, in 20, 2019, 2020. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know, it's it's been 30 years. <laughs> so, it's, well, I mean, it's a it's a movie where where it's it's I, I, the the word that pops in my head is it's the long con. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what you're saying. But what I mean is is you know like you kind of have to invest in it and watch it you know all the way through. Yes, and it's not it's not trying to give you the kind of like the cheap jump scare horror it's trying to bring you in and and you know it's it's supposed to be like claustrophobic yes like you're in this, this claustrophobic in space. spaceship mm-hmm. out in space you have nowhere to go and there's, there's this no creature hunting you that you can't kill well yeah only only ridley can kill basically or ripley yeah and oh, so i would say ridley uh, <laughs> well ridley scott's got you know, well I, th- I think of i think of metroid and I and then I, I don't know why, but I I think of Ridley from Metroid, the the oh. Alien. I don't know, like so I don't know, man. I always I always mix those two, but it's Ripley is the one in Alien. That right. Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver plays. But, but but I mean, yeah, uh, like I I could understand from this day and it, you know, like they see. Well, that's what I tell people when better I better effects and and, exactly. and the the studios kind of want things to pay off quicker and keep you know, audiences uh, happy or something. They're not as willing to kind of trust the director's vision sometimes. Well, they didn't unless, have CGI back unless then. Unless he's a big name. Well, what? They didn't have CGI back when Alien and Aliens was made. Right. So it's like, they for what they did, I mean, just like Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, the first one, didn't Ooh. have didn't have CGI. And it's, it's, it holds up. Like, I can watch that movie now and be like, this looks good. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think oh, yeah. actually, hold up, it did have CGI. The it the, did. It was one of the first. Yes, I. I so I was mistaken. Like that one and Terminator Two. Yep. Were kind of like two of the first to use. Because Terminator had the melting CGI. The kind of like the next generation of CGI. Yeah the the chase the 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 chase scene in Jurassic Park was CGI. I just thought of that. But yeah. it was very minimal CGI. Originally, originally Spielberg was going to do uh, like Jaws. I thought right? motion. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. But then somebody was like showing him some CGI stuff, some CGI tests. And he's like, this could work. Yeah. And, and it did. Uh, that's <laughs> what they want. Yeah, yeah, it sure did. I remember watching, dude, I remember watching it the first time uh, as a kid. My, so that's my, my sister's number one favorite all time movie is Jurassic Park. And she it's was so good. She was born two years after because I think Jurassic Park one came out in 93 and that sounds about right she was born in 95 but she I remember, oh okay so it came out right before she was born yeah well, and not, so you know, a like, little when, before when she was like four i think she watched it and she's always loved dinosaurs so like it's just like she watched <laughs> that and she's been obsessed with dinosaurs since um yes but yeah i'm surprised she wasn't i think if she wasn't a nurse she'd be an archaeologist like for real i think she or like oh. something like that she would love i think just digging up dinosaur bones and being all dirty, ugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it, man. Um, yeah. But yeah I mean, so yeah. it's funny enough. I remember watching that for the first time, and, and the opening scene, dude, where they're transporting the raptors, and yeah. it like gets it like drags that guy in. I was like, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you, was, yeah, you haven't seen it. Yeah, you it's it's crazy, it. man. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, exactly. You don't even get to see the raptor. 
I mean, you see its eye. In I think fact, you... I was watching. I was watching this. Uh, uh, this is YouTube video. He was talking about uh, Bird Box and talking about how the director had this vision that, like, this, it was. I think Bird Box is one of those where it was written by and directed by the same guy. And that's always like I, I look for that when something's been written by and directed by the same guy. Yes, I'm like mm, I'm instantly more interested. The Quiet Place, because, right? Quiet Place. Yeah, um, John helped write it. He didn't write it all by himself. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, his original vision was just it's a scary thing, and it looks like whoever is seeing it, it looks like whatever their worst fear is. So it looks different for everybody, and it's one of those cases where like the studio was like yeah but we got to show it we got to show it they kept pressure pressuring him and saying like we got to show it and so finally he writes in this extra scene where they show it and um and the thing and, and he made it this this thing that was kind of scary but uh when sandra bullock saw it and they were trying to film this scene she could not stop laughing <laughs> and she was just like i'm i'm, just, I'm so sorry guys <laughs> please I'm curious if he's like, good. You're curious what? I was curious if like even the actors at that point probably had something in their imagination of what it is to like kind of get them in that that mode where they're like, I'm terrified right now. So it's we, like, I mean, it, you're just humans have a fear of the unknown. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. So Did I was scared of the dark. I was scared or, of the dark. Or, or rather, like you don't see something and you just see the effect it's having, you know, like the raptor, the unseen raptor scene. You're just like, holy crap. You know, like you just ima- you just start imagining things because we can't not know. Yeah. Like, we just start making things you up. You fill that void. Yeah. You fill that void with yeah. like the worst things imaginable. Like, mm-hmm. like I was, I, I was always scared to walk around my house in the dark because it would be so dark that you know how, like, when you look into a dark room, you get, you, you see things shifting. Oh, yes. it's, but it's just your light, oh, yes. your eyes trying to adapt. Dude, I was, I would always <laughs> do that and be like, Oh, there's something there. There's something there. And I, I, would, Dude, I would freak out, man. There was, okay, so there was a, ba- when I was growing up, there was a bathroom in our house that had no exterior windows. It was like in the middle of the, the structure of the house. Okay. And, uh, and, and I read about Bloody Mary. <laughs> I read some scary story about Bloody Mary. And after that, like, I would always literally, like, reach my arm into the room around the corner and flip the switch on before I would go into the room or look into the room. Because I didn't want to even risk, like, accidentally seeing Bloody Mary in the mirror before I turned the lights on. Dude, I don't blame you at all, bro. <laughs> I know, dude, I remember, <laughs> I remember I would walk through my house and I would, so my, it goes... For, for me to get from my room to the bathroom, there is I walk through the living room, through a hallway, and then to the bathroom. I would turn on mm-hmm. the light in my room and let it shine in the living room. I'd walk to that light, turn it on, kind of like little beacon waypoints, you know, like light, light, <laughs> yes. light, light, and then then shut them off all off of as I went back in. And I'm not gonna uh-huh. lie, even to this day, I'm not scared of the dark. I, I I don't turn the lights on or anything like that. But when I walk back into my room and close the door, I sometimes have like this brief moment. Where I envision this like long, like ghoul, ghoulish looking hand, like one finger at a time grasping around the door, the door frame. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like long, like long, like blue, yeah. gray looking fingers with like long pointed nails. I don't know uh-huh. why, but like I think of that and I'm like, that's not real. And then I just close the door. But like for the longest time, I, I had like an, I would, I would pull my door shut as fast as I could because I'm like, then they can't grab it. 
But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it, dude, I, it, the fear <laughs> of the unknown kills you, man. So I want to say one thing. For the record, I hated Bird Box. Like, one of the worst movies I've ever watched. I, to be honest, I've never seen it. It's I, I, watched I, it. I did not like it. <laughs> I heard some hype about it, and then I started hearing other stuff, and I was just like, eh. You have to watch it now. If, just I'm, to, if I'm bored. Just to have a, yeah, you, yeah, maybe when you're. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, with all the self-isolation yeah, and stuff now. Yeah, we're quarantined, man. You might as well. Stuff. Probably watch it and then be like, okay, I can watch another movie and not be disappointed with my weekend. <laughs> you know what I have been watching lately? What's that? That I'm really interested, uh, really into is The Expanse. The Expanse? That sounds I really familiar. It's a sci-fi series. Yeah, it's about aliens, right? Where, um, well, uh, what is it? It's, you have uh, Earth, and you, like we've started to kind of venture out into space. So you have Earth and you have Mars. And then you have the belt. And okay. so the belt is where like they're mining all the asteroids for ice and metals and all kinds of resources and sending them either to Mars or Earth. And, um, and so everyone's kind of fighting for power. And there's this, this uh, proto-molecule thing that's been found that is very scary. Uh, how it can um change and reform things and 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 so it's been discovered i think it was discovered by kind of like this this wealthy you know like some some conglomerate corporation and now he's kind of developing it into a weapon and and mars wants it and earth wants it but then they're like well we we both need to have this if there's going to be peace and so you have like people trying to 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 get it, and people trying to like keep the peace, and and I don't know. It's just very interesting, and and they have very realistic. It's you know what it is. It's it's kind of scratching my Battlestar Galactica itch. Okay. Because Battlestar Galactica on the Sci Fi Channel was awesome until it wasn't. <laughs> like right up until about season two point five. And then the writing just kind of yeah. nosedive. And they just started doing stuff for kind of like shock value. Yeah. Like they, they killed Starbuck off at one point and, and they basically admitted they just did it to have kind of a cliffhanger uh, of a, at the end of the season. And then the way they bring her back wasn't ever really satisfying. I don't know. We, we could go off on that for a while, but now, I, I love good writing. Yes. My favorite show is Sherlock. Uh oh, the Netflix yes. series. I think that has some of the best writing like I've ever seen. Um now, wait, wait, wait. You said uh Netflix series. I was thinking of the BBC it, series. It, sorry, sorry. It is BBC. But, okay, it, yeah. but it is on Netflix, but okay. It's I want to make sure we were yes, talking about the it's, same. Yeah, the one with uh Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman, yes. Mm -hmm. Sorry. It it's what happened was I discovered it on Netflix uh, and then realized it was a BBC, BBC show that Netflix had like just acquired the rights to to like show on their, on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I always say Netflix, so but yeah, um, that one. So before we get off of I mean, the, I just love how they kind of took all the tropes from, you know, back in the, Oh yeah. You know, before the turn of the century, I think it's late 18, uh, 17th century. And 
and then kind of adapted for modern day. No, the original Sherlock is, I thought... Wasn't it 18... It was like, yeah, that would have been the know. 17th century. No, it would have been the it would have been the 19th century, the turn of the century into the 20th you're, century. Yeah, you're right. It's al right. it's always whatever the year the beginning of the year is plus one because the first century started yeah. with zero zero. Um, yep. But yeah, it's it's like yeah they took they they somehow kept that that whole like disc like thing and then they then they introduced all the new technology. It's definitely a different Sherlock. His portrayal is much snippier and kind of dark even like you kind of get like a mm -hmm. definitely more more plays the plays definitely more on the sociopath side of it but uh <laughs> I, I love that yes um i wanted to ask you uh do you have mm -hmm. any do you have any crazy ghost stories Ooh, crazy ghost stories or like do you have, like um, ghosts or like you know just weird encounters like with something that you that maybe you couldn't explain i got something i can tell you okay um in high school, I got into like drama club and choir and stuff. And I remember there was this one, um, I can't remember what play it was, but we did a play and it was closing night. And so, um, after, after we were done on stage and taking off all the makeup and costume stuff, we went over to somebody's house to kind of hang out for a little while. And we started talking about, well, some of the guys there started talking about kind of occult experiences that they had had. Either they had had or other you know, people they knew of had had. Like, um, I remember one of them was like, oh, yeah, there's a kid at camp who was totally into devil worship. And came in and he and he was like sitting there on the floor and his finger was on the floor like he was pointing at the floor but his finger was like touching it and they're like hey man you know time for dinner or something like get up and he's like i can't move like my finger my finger is like on the floor and i can't can't take it off and they're like well what are you talking about come on let's go he's like no i'm serious and uh and then like the, uh, you know they got like two three four guys like trying to pick him up and like they, like, they literally could not pull him up because his finger was just like rooted to the floor or something what because it's like some kind of demon possession thing and then people start telling like ouija board stories oh dude i don't about freaky mm -hmm. stuff i would and, never do a ouija board messages they had gotten through ouija boards and then like uh, the, you know, the messages from the Ouija board kept getting more and more disturbing. And then they'd throw the Ouija board into the fire and, the, and there'd be all these screams. And, and how so telling you? all these stories. How old was I? I was like 17, 18. Okay, okay, okay. Because, um, yeah, this is in high school. And, uh, and we're, so we're telling these stories and they're getting dark. And, and then at one point, I remember somebody's like, guys, something's here and i just it was like you know if like you're watching a horror movie it's like where you get the the uh weird chord on the on the piano yeah Bing! you know like i just like kind of moment where i was like huh. they're right you know and the hairs are standing up on my arm and yeah it just felt like there was some kind of 
dark presence in the room and oh, we're like I left. let's go to denny's guys. <laughs> yeah, let's get out of here we all just got up got out into the cars and i remember like going out to the car and all feeling better and i looked back at the house and i could uh, you know i'm looking at the house and i'm like that wall right there is the wall of the room that we were in and i went back i just on a whim because people were still getting in their cars and, and coordinating and stuff i kind of walked back towards the house at at you know to that wall and as i got closer to the room and to that wall i just i felt it again and i was just like okay okay that's real it's real enough for me yeah I, I, i'm out of here <laughs> no way bro and just you know i was just like is that you know because i just had that moment were you just going along with everyone because somebody said oh well, something's here and were you just kind of going along with what was doing or was it genuine and yeah, when I got close and I just kind of felt this kind of like brooding, heavy, oppressive feeling as I got back close to that room, I was just like, okay, it's real enough. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, I... Uh, and, uh, so that's kind of my ghost story. I... Mm, there aren't even crazy like that where I've been around people. Like... I it's we always used, stuff where, like, you've been alone. Yeah, you know, so it's like I've always just chalked it up either to, like, I've definitely had, like, um, what's it, uh, not night terrors, uh, sleep paralysis, which Ooh. is definitely really freaky. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that's, I always look for a way to explain something. See, like, stuff like that, sure. like, I don't know, like, the only way I could think to explain, you know, when, like, a group of people feels or sees something is, like, Either it's unexplainable, you know, or it's or there's like something, you know, kind of like you were saying, like kind of, you know, supernatural paranormal there. Some kind of. Oh, OK. Or like yeah, or, or, or paranormal kind of what you were saying. Or maybe it is some kind of group uh, like, like group think or like, you know, almost like we're all like one person says something and then we all convince ourselves that it's happening. Yeah. But you don't know that you're doing it. It's not like you told yourself I'm going to I'm going to agree. But it's just like. Yeah, it just kind of like, oh, crap. That is on like, the fly. Yeah. Or it's like it's like your brain convinces you like this is real. Um, yeah, and I've always I've always found that very interesting, like just the whole psychology behind it. Yes, but yeah, I mean, it's like your feelings are real, you know. So it's like when you walk yeah. back to that wall, it's like that's real enough for me. Gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. uh, yeah, I could, I would not, man. I, I would be like, I'm not sleeping <laughs> here tonight, bro. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. Thank goodness it wasn't my house. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Um, and then though I have one last question for you. Uh Okay. What would you say your top five movies are? Ooh, gosh. And it you and this is it, tough that's, that's I am a movie to... buff and I was a film student actually. I was a film really? major business minor, yes. Okay, well so this is very tough. So while you're thinking about it, I'll tell you a quick story. My favorite class I took in college, which I didn't graduate, but the my favorite class why I took the that I took while I was in college was a film class. And mm -hmm. I had I had this I had this professor I'm not gonna say his name but uh, one he was really cool because we all referred to him as doctor and then his first name we never called him by his last name like I mean very little very rarely to people typically it was yeah. his, it was like his first Dr. name Doctor Steve yeah. or something and like we we would just talk to him and like he was always down to earth he was he was a nerd big comic buff um, mm -hmm. and how he did his film class is every semester had a specific theme I took it in the Ooh. spring so the spring he normally did uh, horror movies. And oh, nice! What we did is we would watch. Wait, did he do like a um, 
a horror movies as like a commentary on society kind of class somewhat it was more so it was actually more so about film evolution like we would we would watch yeah. movies at the beginning of the semester from kind of longer ago like we watched like birds and you know, we, then we watched psycho uh okay. you know then and leading up to like modern day horror and we would talk about like actual film things like film techniques that were used and how like yes. how to build suspense and things like that and dude it was mm-hmm. it was the only class that i never missed because i was like because nice. what we would do is it was a Tuesday, Thursday class. On Tuesday, we'd watch the movie. And then on okay. Thursday, we'd discuss. And it right. was it was the coolest thing ever. Um, I love it. it. It was... I remember watching movies and, like... I, ha- I have this memory. I don't know if it's a fabricated memory, you know? Like, I don't know if this is real. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, there were a few times that I would, I would be the only one that would c- catch certain things. That could just be me, you know, my ego... But because <laughs> it's big, but um, <laughs> but uh, you know, like it just or or just the fact that I was catching stuff. Other people might have been catching, it, but there's the fact that you know he would teach us something, and then we would catch it. And dude, it mm-hmm. was just it was the coolest thing, like being able to discuss, like, oh yeah, but he he doesn't he cuts away right there, so that way you know you're instantly cut off from any like reprieve or whatever you know there was just like a ton of things yeah. like about that but yeah i loved i love film i think if i went back i would get a degree something like that like in maybe like I tell you man film is the, amazing the more the more you learn about how films are made the more amazed you are that any film ever gets made because <laughs> it's because they're they're such a complex and collaborative mm-hmm. endeavor so i have to ask and, Oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. Sorry. Uh, no, no, that's fine. Go ahead. Also, have you seen I, 1917? I I have I seen 1970? Oh, no, I haven't seen Dude, 1917 yet. It's going to blow you away. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, so you know the movie is filmed in a way to make it seem like one cut. Oh, yes. Okay. But, yes. Like the, the camera does not leave, does not cut at all during the movie. Well, so, they want you to think that. No, no, it no, it is, but it's filmed in a way to, to make it seem like it's not. Yeah, no, I know, I know. So that's it's that, not the first. It's not the first movie to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like I think, I think what. Uh, and they, but usually they hide. They had them. They hide it in certain places. Ways. Very, very yeah. few places. But yeah, they do. They do it very well. Um, nice, nice. It's one of the best. I think it's probably. I would say the. It's one of your top five easily. I would say easily okay. be like I've seen it twice and it's just like both times I was just amazed like at how good the movie is like it's scored wonderfully it's like cinema cinematography is like a 10 out of 10 I I, I can't yeah yeah I've heard I've heard good stuff about it you, you, you gotta just, go watch it, just it. hasn't I, been on my radar lately and I know we're in, we're in like the self-quarantine era but you know I don't know if I don't even know if theaters are open right now honestly I haven't really looked into it but if you can get a chance to go check it in the theaters, man, I would do that because <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really good. Um. Well, okay. So, let, let, I, just because I'm, I'm betting your listeners will like this, let okay. me talk about. Let me touch on two things. All right. That you just made me think about. So one of them was just the idea, like, um, uh, it, this is an idea we touched on one of my classes because there was actually a class being taught somewhere about like where it was horror movies as, as like a a social commentary. And what I mean by that is God, like 
basically the the philosophy behind it is like Godzilla came out as this monster movie in Japan after World War II. Mm -hmm. And it was the social commentary because Godzilla was this force of nature that would come through and destroy whole cities. Yep. And this was at a whole cities. And this was after Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. And, and so the, 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 the movie experience was kind of this social commentary, you know, it became a cathartic thing for them in their society uh, where they could kind of begin to understand uh, this, this threat that they had gone through. And then other movies like um, the body snatchers. Yeah. That freaked uh, people being out. A response to that was one the rise watch, by the of way. communism and yeah, they thought they were going to uh, infiltrate and replace us. Right. We talked. We we definitely watched that one in my film class that I took. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know. So just uh, and so it's kind of interesting. And so whenever I see new horror movies coming out, like Bird Box and others, you know, I always kind of think back to that real quick. I'm like, oh, I wonder what kind of social commentary is this making? You know, and and I, you know, I'll, I'll start thinking about that. Yeah. So. Funny enough, I, this is something I remember from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. People had kind of the same reaction to that as they did uh, that Orson Welles thing where he read it. Uh, the War of the Worlds. Yeah, War of the Worlds where he read it on the radio. People, mm -hmm. people didn't think it was real. The movie, they didn't think the movie was real, but like they like were getting terrified and like walking out because people, yes. people really thought that like you know communism was gonna like the pod people were yeah, coming we're legit gonna like invade america and like take you know you're not you're not you're not gonna know someone that you that you know is converted to communism yeah. and it's like gosh okay everyone was like <laughs> okay red boomer. dawn is coming red dawn <laughs> yeah i mean, yeah, oh, no. red dawn I mean is there were one, genuine yeah. fears in society and so like these horror movies will kind of uh embrace those things well you know embrace Embrace it and kind of bring it out in a way that you can, uh, you know, feel better after it's over. Yeah. I... And, and so, um, the, the, well, okay, wait, before, were you about to say something? I was going to say Red Dawn was another movie that I really liked. The remake was terrible. Oh, liked, oh yeah. I really liked Red Dawn. Yeah, man. And can we just, for a moment, comment on, on how... Hollywood can't seem to like they're so scared of coming out with new ideas and bringing you know and, and like I get it I get it because to put a movie on the big screen nowadays costs more than ever and you know it's riskier than ever so it's but funny it just, like they just can't seem to take new ideas and put them out there yeah uh and they want to keep taking these old ideas and remaking them rehashing them and you know, there, there's been, I don't know, maybe maybe as many good examples as bad examples. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. I was like, there are good remakes. There have been some good ones. Like, there are good remakes that, like, definitely hit the nail on the head. And I, I think they're, mm -hmm. I can't think of any specific. And they bring but, something new to the table. Yes. Yeah. I, I was like to say, I was going to say, there are some remakes that I remember watching and thinking that was better than the original. And you know, that's kind of, like, Ooh. blasphemous to say. But I think there are a few. Um, I have to, I have to, I, I just remember saying that. I don't remember what examples I would give. So, you know, I'm trying to think of one myself, but Burn I know, I know that that, there's, but... there's ones where I've been like, Ooh, yeah. 
but no, there there are some good remakes. Just as me, where I'm like, why, why did you like, like what movie was it? That the one that springs into my mind right now is just because I was watching some YouTube videos about it earlier this week. Was um, the prequel they did to the thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where originally, uh, let's see, what was it's it? like the originally, one where at the end he kills his originally whole family. they wanted to remake the thing. Okay, Wait, what was that? Is the thing the one where no, that's the mist. Have you? Sorry, I'm oh, gonna go yeah. on a quick tangent. At the end of the mist, spoiler alert, the thing is coming for him through the mist, and he only mm -hmm. ha he has like X amount of bullets, and there's X plus one people, so he kills his whole family, and then he was just gonna let the thing kill him, and then come to find out it's the military coming to save him. <laughs> it's one of the yes. best endings I've ever seen, because I'm like, you just killed your whole family, bro. And it's like, yeah. I was like, yikes, dude. <laughs> yikes. Yeah, no, well, I, I okay, I actually kind of liked the writing of that moment yes. because I'd read, I had read the story, and there's a thing in, this, in the story, it's based on a short story by Stephen King, yeah. and there's a thing in the short story where he talks about how, like, it, it, the way the short story ends is they're heading into the mist in the car, and there's just this little thing where he says, like, um... There's six of us in the car. I've got five bullets in my gun. And it's just like that. And you're like, wait, what does that mean? And you're just kind of left wondering. Yeah. And so when I saw that that's how they ended it, I was just, oh, oh. And I'm just going like, oh, but the writing, oh, I remember. You know, I just had like kind of like, going, oh, man, that way it just, ugh. it's kind of, you know, just kind of a good, like I was kind of celebrating the writing. And cringing at the you know at the emotionality. Well, yeah, just like the fact that it's like you can kind of feel like he is gonna go through some stuff right now. I was like, right now, uh -huh. especially after discovering what it was, he definitely wants another bullet. You know, not saying he want, he's gonna like, he should kill himself or anything, but like, I bet in that moment it's like the lowest of low he's felt this whole time. Like, you know, he's seen people yeah. dial around him, but now it's just like, oh no. Oh, and it's it's man. so much. I mean, the story is so much about like, you know, hope and and what what do you believe and what do you hold on to, and they were yeah they were just at this moment where they had lost all hope, they thought hope was lost, and <laughs> yeah. so he did it, and then you realize like if you had just held on, or it just what's know, so great is like more. is the juxtaposition of like, well you've been saved but it's like do you really want to be saved now like, yeah yeah you have nothing left to live for <laughs> yeah it's, it's like how, how do you come back from that i i don't i don't know that you do um <laughs> but anyways yeah, that talk, was nuts you talked about the okay. prequel to the thing let's i, I don't know oh, so the watch this movie. thing so they they originally wanted to remake the thing and so they were kind of going out to different uh people to talk about it to collaborate about it, and people were like no no, you don't remake the thing. The thing is perfect. Yeah. No, you just don't do that. And they couldn't really do a sequel to it because of how the thing ended. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, let's do a prequel. And so people were kind of down for that. And if uh, so for, for anybody out there who has seen it and doesn't know any of the broader story, um, the thing is, when they made this prequel to the thing, it was all practical effects. And there were, the, there were guys that worked on it who put so many hours and passion and love into this project because they had grown up watching the thing. 
and we're like, oh my gosh, I get to work on a prequel to the thing. We're gonna, we are gonna work the hell out of this. It is gonna be so slick. It is gonna be so gruesome. It's, you know, it's gonna be great. And so they poured all this love and passion into it. And then at the end, the studio stepped in and they're like, well, the effects all look like they're from the 80s. And they brought this other special effects house in to basically put CGI in over the practical effects. Ugh. And, and then the guys who had worked on the special effects were brought to the premiere and they didn't even know. They hadn't been told. Oh, that's rough, dude. And so they're watching it and they're seeing how the CGI has been put over all their practical effects. And they're like, what? What? I don't know. And, and so if you, if you know like what the, you know, like it came out and people were like, the CGI effects kind of suck. And, and these guys are literally banging their heads on their desk going, like, we know we did the practical effects and they were so good and we spent so much time on it. And, it, you know, that's, I don't know. So that's one of those, you know, bad examples where they remade something and, and, <laughs> and it's like their, their whole critique of like, well, the special effects look like they're from the 80s. That's the point. Yeah. They were, I mean, it's a, it's a, prequel to a movie that was made in the 80s it's supposed to look like this and it'll be great just just please go with you know and and they they've cocked it all up anyway so we talked about so, aliens earlier did you ever watch oh, prometheus yes yeah i i that movie got a lot of flack but i actually really liked that movie <laughs> like yeah um i didn't think prometheus was bad like as far but as the, after Prometheus, like the stuff they did after that, yeah, I was like, yeah, no, the, like, the, but but that was more like writing wise. Yeah, if, like, if, why if, did you go that way? Yeah, the the I think the one after that was Alien Covenant, I think. Yeah, and it was just, it wasn't good, but Prometheus was great. Like the whole like grandiose feel it gave to like we found our creators, yes. and then it's like, do we really want to meet them though? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it. This... Yeah, no, I loved, I loved the whole. I mean, so much of sci-fi is like, what if? Yeah. Like, well, what if we could do? You know, so it's like, well, what if you could meet? What, what if the human race had been created, and then we could meet who created it? Yeah, and well, the, they had a great cast, and they also like mm -hmm. the writing for it was really good. I know Ridley Scott directed it, but I, I whoever wrote it, like, shout out to them, man. Like, uh, Lindelof, and I don't know. Or I I can't remember. It might have been um, Orky and Lindelof, but I I don't quote me on that. Yeah, I um, I could I could I I'd, I'd almost watch just like anything directed by Ridley Scott. Oh yeah, he does he does a great job. But yeah, man, I <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, dude. It's been a blast. I I love. We're gonna have to do a a, a podcast just about movies because yeah. I could literally talk about movies <laughs> all the time. Absolutely. Um, I may not, I, I, I'm not as big as, I, I call myself a movie buff because I like just watching movies. Sure. And, you know, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a uh, film major, like, like one of us is, but, um, hmm. but I know I, I do. Well, we, we, I mean, I'll tell you, people ask me like once they're like, well, so now that you're a film major movies ruined for you. And I'd say, no, no, it, it, being a film major has given me more levels to enjoy movies on yeah but really after becoming a, a movie uh, uh you know like a, after being a film major 
the only thing that really changed was I got a, a lot more picky about what movies I saw in the cinema. I could see that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I even now, like, and like, even me, I love going to the movies to watch a movie, but even now I'm just like, I've been burned by so many movies that I'm just like, <laughs> maybe I'll just wait for that one to come to Netflix or like Redbox, whatever it be. Because sometimes, I mean, man, it's, it's just, it's kind of because there, there's been an evolution in the film industry that's been happening for decades now. And it's just because um, as people have kind of been developing more and more their own home cinemas, uh, they, they don't need to go to the theater. You know, like if, if you've got surround sound in your home, decent sized screen, you know, you, you're like, I don't necessarily want to go to the movies this weekend. I don't have to go. We, yeah, it's it's not the only game in town. I can, play, you know, there, we have so many options for entertainment now. So the film industry has had to change. And but but one of the side effects of that is that yeah, they've just become so paranoid and reluctant to embrace uh, new things that it's almost like everything in the cinema seems to be the same thing now, and it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, it kind of pushes us away. We're like, eh. yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, it's exactly. Wait to rent that. Exactly. But yeah, yeah, man, it's it's been a blast. Um, if you guys again, if you guys don't follow Splinter Show, make sure you guys go check him out. Twitter, Twitch, everywhere this man puts out content. You may know him as the Hunter, but I know him as Splinter. Splinter, <laughs> it's, it's it's been a blast, man. Uh, it has been a blast. Thank you. Like I said, we'll have to do this again soon. And yeah, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for having me.